Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Today's episode is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday. This is a sermon that I preached on Sunday, September the 20th. Um, It's based upon readings, uh, two readings, one from Exodus chapter 16, which is about the Israelites grumbling in the wilderness shortly after being freed from slavery in Egypt and then God sending manna from heaven to feed them as well as a reading from Matthew chapter 20, which is the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Um, I cover a lot of ground. There's a a lot baked into this sermon. We kind of go in a bunch of different directions. Uh, But ultimately, it's a sermon about identity and who we say we are and who God says we are. So uh, here you go. This is the audio recording of the sermon from September 20th. in case you can't see it. It smells really good and sugary sweet. I'm sure if you eat it, you'll get that sugar rush that'll give you the boost to start your day that you need. But then on the other hand, I have a piece of bread. Oh, but not just any bread. This is Dave's killer bread. Have you had this before? It has 21 essential grains and seeds, 250 milligrams of omega-3. This is packed with nutrients and micronutrients that are really helpful for your overall health. I know, I know, some of you are out there and you're saying, hey, I can't have bread, I'm on a low-carb diet, hold that thought, you're ruining my sermon. The point is, we have two options. One that is a really good decision for the moment, it'll taste good and give you that sugar rush, and another one that's probably better for you in the long term. Your overall health would be better if you chose Dave's Killer Bread more often than you chose donuts. Why am I telling you all this? Because this is a human predicament in a lot of ways. So often in our life, we are left with two options, and we know deep down that one of them is much better for us in the long term, but again and again we choose to take the thing that feels good in the short term but that is not the best for us over the course of time. In the first reading that Rod read for us from the book of Exodus, we get a picture of this. We get a bread donut dilemma with the Israelites who find themselves wandering in the wilderness. This is shortly after they've been freed from slavery in Egypt, and they're hungry now. They're wondering, how long is this journey actually going to take? There's no real end in sight. They're just following Moses around, and there's not a lot of food to eat. And so the funny thing happens, if if you've ever been in a situation like this, where you're driving along and you're wondering, when am I going to find the next rest stop that has food to eat? And you pass town after town with nothing on the sign declaring a restaurant or fast food stand. And so you start to get angry. How long is this going to go on? And on top of that, you're also hungry. And they've created a word in recent history that describes a situation. When you're hungry and you're angry, you are angry. And that's not a good place to be. You tend to not be thinking as critically as you usually would when your anger and hunger combine like this. And so I wonder if that's what's happening to the Israelites. 
I wonder if they're just a little bit hangry because they don't know how long they're going to wander for and they're hungry at the same time. And when you're hangry, like I said, don't always think clearly. Israelites, for example, when they find themselves in this situation, they say, I wish we had died back in Egypt because at least back there we got to sit around the flesh pots and eat bread. It seems that the Israelites have forgotten that they also were enslaved in Egypt. The reason that they had food to eat is because Pharaoh wanted to make sure they had at least enough energy to keep building his pyramids day after day, year after year. The Israelites have lost sight, and they're choosing what might feel good in the moment and missing sight of what's actually better for them long term. See, I think also there's another factor at play here with the way that the Israelites are acting. Part of the reason that they're choosing and thinking, we need to go back to Egypt, let's have a short-term solution to this, part of the reason is because their identity is completely tied up in what happened in Egypt. The Israelites were enslaved for 400 years, which means they have no memory, no collective memory of what life used to be like as free people. And so this moment of wandering in the wilderness is a complete change in their identity. They're now God's freed and chosen people. But they can't wrap their mind around it yet. Their mind is still back in Egypt because, after all, that's the only thing they've ever known. So often, we do this as well. We identify ourselves with something that happened in the past. We identify ourselves with something so closely, so intimately, that we can't imagine being anything different. And when our minds work in this way, we often choose what isn't good for us in the short, what isn't good for us in the long term, just because it feels right and normal in the short term. Let me give you some examples. There are people I know who are so tied up and thinking of themselves as being someone who's unhealthy or overweight. And so because their identity is so tied to this idea, they can't imagine making a choice that would be better for their health. Or, for example, maybe there's a person who's the class clown. They've been labeled the class clown, and so they're always supposed to be the goofy one in school. Or maybe this carries on after you're done with school as well, and you're always the person who's quick with a joke, who never takes anything seriously. And because your identity is so tied up in that, you can't imagine having a close, personal conversation with someone. You can't imagine taking your schoolwork seriously. Oh, or what about the flip side of this? Someone who's the straight-A student, who always does everything perfectly. Or maybe at work you're the one who always turns your reports in on time and there's never a mistake to be found. Your identity can be so tied up in this that you're unable to give yourself a break once in a while, to let a few things go and not be perfect. We could list dozens of other examples, but the whole idea is that we attach ourselves to these labels and these narratives, and we have so much trouble imagining a different possibility. And because of that, 
we often end up making decisions that are nice in the short term, but that are bad for us in the long term. One of the biggest traps that we fall into as it relates to this whole narrative I'm talking about is actually outlined for us in the parable that Jesus tells in the gospel passage this morning. Jesus shares this parable about a vineyard owner who goes out and hires people to work in his fields all day long. And at the end of the day, he pays every single one of them the same wage. The ones who started working at 6 a.m., the ones who started working at 5 p.m., they all receive the same daily wage. And so those who were hired at the very beginning of the day get angry. They grumble. They believe that they deserve more. But Jesus is trying to tell us with this parable that that's not always how things work. The kingdom of God is a place where our identity is found, not in how hard we work, not in how much we think we deserve. In the kingdom of God, everyone receives the same. And now that can be really hard to wrap our minds around. That doesn't fit with the way that we've been taught that the world works. That probably doesn't fit with the identity that we've attached to ourselves in a lot of ways. We have been taught from an early age that if you do what's right, then you'll be praised. If you follow the rules, then it'll all work out. If you work hard, then you will be rewarded. But Jesus comes along and says that the kingdom of God is a place where everything gets flipped on its head. The kingdom of God is a place where the last will be first and the first will be last. The kingdom of God is God's hope and vision for the world where everyone receives what is right, even if they don't necessarily deserve it. We have a real keen sense of right and wrong. We have a real keen sense that if you work hard, then you will be rewarded justly and frankly, Jesus says, that's just not how God works. God has a vision for the world where everyone receives enough, even if they don't deserve it. God's vision is for a world where there are no tears or statures, where the vineyard owner will call the day laborer friend. God's vision is for a world where everyone will find their identity not in their past successes or their past failures, but everyone will see themselves as children of God, forgiven and loved and blessed. God is inviting us to find a new identity. It's not about who you were. It's about who God says you are right now. When the Israelites grumbled in the desert, God listened, and God sent them manna, bread from heaven. And this wasn't just to appease their grumbling. God sent bread from heaven so that the Israelites could start to find a new identity, so that they could learn to see themselves as God's freed and chosen people. And then thousands of years later, after God had sent manna from heaven, God sent Jesus the bread of life from heaven to earth. And Jesus came to show us a vision for the kingdom of God, an idea where the world is different than what we once knew. 
And Jesus, of course, took bread one night, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he invited them to start creating a new community, a new community where people's identity was found in bringing God's love and forgiveness and grace to all the world. Just as that communion meal that Jesus started continues today, so does that identity that Jesus gave his disciples continue with us. We are God's children, and we are called to share Jesus' message of love and forgiveness and grace with all the world.